But Sam, before <laughs> before we move on, as we're getting ready for our next story, I just realized it's also Easter on Sunday, so I don't have any ready-made jokes, but I just thought that it would be worth mentioning since we just talked about the egg himself. That, you know, yes, very yes. timely, timely, <laughs> timely. Is this, have you heard about, uh, have you ever heard the film series, The Purge? Keep on talking. It's one day of the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, where you can commit any crimes that you want. And everybody goes for mass murder and all that. Nobody goes for fucking theft. Just I know. It, that, that's why it's the, the most whole, ridiculous. That's why, like that movie, like the whole concept of it. Yeah, it's 2013 here. I say. I remember back then I was also, I recently became politicized. I was like, this movie doesn't talk about the real crimes that go on. <laughs> surface level crimes. <laughs> the top 1% of 1% of 1%. What about them? <laughs> but, no, yeah, I mean, apparently the, uh, the ones after that are slightly better. But uh, it's like, do you there think are the five East... of them. Holy shit. Sorry for interrupting you again. No, re- there must be. I think there is a TV series as well, to be honest. Yeah, five the... movies. Wow. Okay, yeah, sorry, mm. continue. No, I think, uh, do you think Easter uh, holiday is like sort of purge for Brian Estelle's hair? Because <laughs> like people are all looking for eggs. Like, ah, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a normal egg. I can talk. I have feelings. I'm not a normal egg. <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no eggs are normal <laughs> on Easter. So exactly. <laughs> but it would be so funny if someone, if he like for Halloween, he actually painted himself as like an Easter egg. That would be, yeah. I would like him after that. If he Humpty actually, Dumpty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> I would, I would take back everything I've said. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, he has some funny interactions yeah, too with kids and things like that. Like, uh, you know, he shouldn't go in these settings. I feel like there was the other segment where they were teaching misinformation to little kids, and now <laughs> that was that was just so weird in a school behind the one of these, you know, a school sort of this. And he always does these weird poses of like doing that or. Mm-hmm. And I think hmm, he, he's like a politician from '90s or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Again, like, I, again, I don't. I feel like we are too harsh. He's an egg that has developed consciousness. He's not human, human. So you know, it's like Pinocchio. You have yeah. to. And yeah. it's not his fault they gave him his job. Good for him. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's not yeah, it's, but okay, let's move on. Let's move on to this article, Sam. So tell us a little bit what this article is all about by The Atlantic. Yes. And Sam has sent me here the PDF version and it's 31 pages. Yes. So uh, please uh, subscribe because <laughs> I'm genuinely suffering for this show. <laughs> this no. is literally is damaging my mental health i need new medication i need help and all i mean this was wow this is misleading because you know sometimes you're in the mood for reading some articles but you know you want to read like two or three of them like you know if you want to read a book you're in the mood for reading a book or a short story so i take issue with this i hope they like let their viewers know in advance or something yeah, or yeah, it's not an academic paper. It was fucking Atlantic. I didn't think it's gonna lead to me spending a day sort of ah, ah, scroll. Oh my god, this is not it. I mean, I swear to God, I was in the like, I was, I went like, you know, when you do like, I did two pages, I think. I was like, 
okay. And then I was like, then I suddenly looked at the, you know, when you scroll and yeah. that clingy, that shirt. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like it's still on top, top. <laughs> You're like, please be <laughs> ads, please be ads. No, no, it's just <laughs> the Atlantic. <Please>, uh... <laughs> just this uh, yeah so i know this guy i know his name but i could i can't remember genuinely i can't remember what i've read from him before but he's uh, written this article why the past 10 years of american life have been uniquely stupid it's not just a phase by jonathan hayditz illustration by nicholas ortega so because there's in the beginning there is an illustration of famous like bab bab Uh, Tower of Babel, and mm. there's pixelated things on it, sort of like it's online or something. It's like it's it's foreshadowing the theme of our article here. Yeah, I mean, it's so very next it. level kind of foreshadowing, and uh, I mean, I already have, I already disagree with this article. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, read a little bit. Uh, choose let, your let paragraphs wisely. <laughs> I, I, I will choose that. <laughs> I, I just want to start with a very unbiased paragraph because okay. it's the start of the article. Yeah, of and it's just, it's just, this is how they trick you. This, <laughs> this is one of those, this strategy of this article is attrition. You know, attrition strategy is basically you talk so much, so much, so much that people, that's a strategy I use with you at the end of our show. I talk so much that you're forced to go, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, let's. So I know this strategy very intimately. What would it have been like to live in Babel in the days after its destruction? In the book of Genesis, we are told that the descendants of Noah built a great city in the land of Shinar. They built a tower with its top uh, in the heavens to make a name for themselves. God was offended by the hubris of humanity and said, look, they are, they, are, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they uh, propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their languages there so that they will not understand one another's speech. The text does not say that God destroyed the tower, but in many popular renderings of the story, he does. So let's hold that dramatic image in our mind. People wandering amid the ruins, unable to communicate, condemned to mutual incomprehension. So now, uh, this I should read this. Also. The story of Babel <laughs> What is going is, on? The, that's well, exactly that was my thing because this was by the way the reason i opened this on the atlantic this was their top read article so i was interested so now you're getting what's going on the story of babel is the best metaphor i have found for what happened to america in the 2000s okay buddy that's interesting and for the fractured country we inhibit something went terribly wrong very suddenly very suddenly from 2000s 2000s, not 2008, perhaps, when there was a tiny economic situation. No, no, 2000s. No, We are 2000... disoriented. Sorry. So 2010s. Yeah, so post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah post 2008. No, no, yeah. 2008, something happened then. Yeah. I don't remember. Was it important? There was a fourth year, like, collapse, collapse of a fourth year economic system. No, no, no. All right. We are, we are disoriented, unable to speak the same language or recognize the same truth. We are cut off from one another and from the past. It's been clear for quite a while now that red America and blue America 
are becoming like two different countries claiming the same territory with two different versions of the constitution, economics and American history. But Babel is not a story about tribalism. It's a story about the fragmentation of everything. It's about the shattering of all that had seemed solid, the scattering of people who had been a community. It's a metaphor for what is happening, not only between red and blue, but within the left and within the right, as well as within universities, companies, professional associations, museums, and even families. Babel is a metaphor for, for some form of social media have done to nearly all of the groups and institutions most important to the country's future. And to us as a people, how did this happen? And what does it portend for American life? So social media is responsible. So, and he, I mean, I'll read some more, but he goes, that's the main gist of our article. Does that he give last one, at least one kind of something that you can call as evidence as like, one thing that backs at least his main argument that social media has changed the U.S. in this way in 31 uh, pages. Let me, uh, he gives sort of examples, but I do think, I don't know. I don't think they are very good examples. Let me like, for example, look at this. In February, 2012, as he prepared to take Facebook public, Mark Zuckerberg reflected on the extraordinary times and set forth his plan. Today, our society has reached another tipping point. He wrote in a letter to investor, Facebook ho hoped to rewire the way people spread and consume information by giving them the power to share. It would help them to once again transform many of our core institutions and industries. In the 10 years since then, Zuckerberg did exactly what he said he would do. He did rewire the way we spread and consume information. He did transform our institution and he pushed us past the tipping point. It has not worked out as he expected. So I guess the Man, you know you remember not the, do shit. They just just like they just like this guy just like making up stuff. He just like makes up well, stuff he, and he, he puts I pen get, to paper. I guess he's referring to the whole Cambridge Analytica sort of controversy. If you recall that yeah. Facebook uh, that they they use this strategy to target Facebook ads on people who are anti Clinton or something. But so no, I, but I, I, I I don't think that has any but that has any groundings in reality. I mean. They have spent what half less than half a million dollars on advertising or less even, so uh, yeah. I I mean, but I do think Facebook that's what he's referring to. Rewire and just taking Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, what did they rewire? What what did they do? Yeah, of course, new mediums were added, new ways of producing content. But look, we're sitting here and reading your Atlantic article, uh, which was invented by social media. I mean, just such no, I mean, utter look, bullshit. Uh, uh, look, the, I, I'm as you you always say that yeah things are changing of course and have changed but that's always going on and yeah the fundamentalness of the role of social media in the fracture of america i mean yeah like you know he very conveniently that's the most convenient part i thought of it's that's trump I, who fractured america i mean one minute is this it's one minute trump is trump that... is part of that yeah. so, trump is part of social media and all that but he's <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah they're very convenient that economic arguments or uh, even to some social arguments, you could say, for example, education system, all that are completely put aside in favor of uh, this social media rewiring our brain chemistry or whatever. I mean, listen to this. Uh, this like some of the more stupid parts. <laughs> Historically, civilizations have relied on shared blood, gods and enemies to counteract the tendency to split apart as they grow. But what is it that holds together large and diverse secular democracies such as United States and India, or for that matter, modern Britain and France? 
I mean, first of all, like yeah, secular modern democracies like United States and India, like yeah, these ones have no problems, right? Anyway, social scientists have identified at least three major forces that collectively bind together successful democracies. Social capital, uh, level of trust among people, strong institutions, and shared stories. Social media has weakened all three to see how we must understand how social media changed over time, and especially in the several years following 2009. So then he starts giving this narrative of, you know, it starts with MySpace and then Facebook, and then is, uh, uh, you know, uh, that it started all innocently, but then people uh, realize that to become famous or to become, to attract likes and all that, they have to come up with extreme stuff. Because, you know, in uh, movies or in books or in any form of media or in comedy, for example, for example, shock jocks, you know, that type of comedy is not, nobody has like thought of, we don't even have Greek fucking plays uh, talking about like penises and farts because, you know, like, uh, not that penises and farts are actually that you know what i mean like yeah yeah no. I, I like this idea that uh, like only on twitter or only on online people go for the shocking things to attract attention i mean that was the tyt uh, financial model for pretty much yeah. their first 10 years like shocking sort of tmz like news stories no man sam but i really hope you i mean i don't know this article is so strange and weird that perhaps it was fun reading it because you know, no. <laughs> every, every paragraph that I look here says China and the UAE. You go so there's just like everything and anything in this uh, in this article. So yeah, maybe and the whole. I mean, no, no wonder it's 31 pages. It keeps on talking about Babel, <laughs> and it's like the world's biggest metaphor. The whole article. I mean, I'm just. I don't I mean, even know what yeah the guy the guy is a huge douchebag in my I mean from his writing I mean to be honest I have. I'm, I'm afraid because his name sounds so familiar that I'm afraid that he might be actually somebody I used to like or something. Uh, but anyways, I mean, this is terrible. Listen to this. For example, uh, oh, th this. Oh, one of the engineers at Twitter who had worked on the retweet button later revealed that he regretted his contribution because it had made Twitter a nastier place. As he watched Twitter mobs forming through the use of the new tool, he thought to himself, uh, quote, we might have just handed a four-year-old a loaded weapon. So, by the way, that's glad, good to know that they think of us as four-year-olds. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I'm somebody, I'm somebody who's constantly saying this person is a stupid, that person is a stupid, but I, I do believe they're adults, at least. I don't, and I do believe they have the right to, you know, tweet or retweet Sam. or whatever. As a social, as a social psychologist, which is basically as a, somebody who went to university, very much like myself, and pretty much studied nonsense. <laughs> as a social psychologist. Oh yeah, he's talking about himself too. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who studied emotion, a... morality, and politics? Ah, God. I mean, I saw this happening too. The newly tweaked platforms, almost perfectly designed to bring out our most moralistic and least reflective selves. The volume of outrage was shocking. Oh my God, stop blowing yourself. I saw this coming as a social psychologist, guys. I tried to warn you, but you, you did not. I'm, he's like, no, he, yeah, he exactly. warned us about the flood, but we were the infidels who refused uh, the true gods. Uh, then he, <coughs> this part is fun as well. He goes on, talks about, it was 
just this kind of twitchy and explosive spread of anger that James Madison had tried to protect us from as he was drafting the US Constitution. <laughs> the former, the framers Twitcher. of the Constitution right. were excellent social psychologists. <laughs> Let's put an end. No, no, honestly, you should have shown me this article. Like the quality of this article, I don't approve it for our for our <laughs> channel. I'm sorry. I know we haven't set a high bar, no, no. but I think I'm drawing a line here. Like no. no. <laughs> Listen to the, no, but just this last sentence. The framers of the constitutions were excellent social psychologists. I mean, you could argue Ben Franklin, somebody who was just going around tricking every video in town into having sex with him, having sex under the what, which church he had sex under in when he was an ambassador. I, I like you know Thomas Jefferson, somebody who wrote against the slavery but couldn't you know really let go of the idea. Like what nonsense are you talking about? Like they were, James Madison was this great. Uh, Guys, uh, like I mean, the the guy is the typical like douchebag that is obsessed with Greek, Rome, and yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, listen, just listen to. They knew that democracy had an Achilles heel, you know, just the language. It's. I mean, you couldn't really talk about this guy with this guy because I mean. I think Brian Stelter in that previous video, he kind of like made some bullshit thing like, oh, if we don't have like shared realities and stuff like that, you know, we can't, this is bullshit. But with this guy, I can just imagine, you know, you're like, okay, fine, let's talk about social media. He takes you to to Babylon. You tell him like something else, he takes you like three centuries this way. I mean, you know, as you'll be Cicero like, would say. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm nowhere near as educated as you. I mean, we don't have common reference points. I mean, if this is what you're going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't read I... the article. So maybe maybe I'm just being an idiot right now. But based on what you've no, read, no, no. I, I mean, I'm pretty confident that... It, I mean, it's just nonsense, uh, hippy-dippy stuff cloaked in some form of, like, Greek references and yeah. that type of thing. I mean, an autocracy can deploy propaganda or use fear to motivate the behavior it desires, but the democracy depends on a widely internalized acceptance of the legitimacy of rules, norms, and institutions. Yeah, like and the slavery, for it example, would be in so ancient Greece. boring talking to this guy. I would give up. I would be just like... Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. You yeah. just, whatever Have you're fun. saying, yeah, yeah, whatever you're saying, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the nonsense. Then he talks about the yeah China and uh, uh, you know. No, I mean the guy is well read or something. I mean, look at this. I wasn't joking. Politics, quote: Politics is the art of the possible. The German statement Otto von Bismarck said in 1867. It would be impossible to talk to this guy. I mean, he. if you do international relations or history, that's like one of the first things they tell you as uh, undergrad. That uh, yeah, Bismarck, it's like the uh, Churchill thing that you're when you're young, you're liberal, when you're old, uh, you're conservative or something. Uh, I mean, it's just. It, but he does go on. I must say, the the article is a is a great like it's a great burden or like I mean, he goes on to like go on like a year by year breakdown of how social media. Yeah. I mean, I think we can date the fall of the tower to the years between 2011, Uri's focal year of nihilistic protest, and 2015, a year marked by the great awakening on the left and the ascendancy of Donald Trump on the right. Trump did not destroy the tower. He merely exploited its falls. He was the first politician to master the new, dynamic, the new dynamics of the post-Babel era. 
in which outrage is the key to virality. Stage performance cru crushes competence. Twitter can overpower all the newspapers in the country and stories cannot be shared or at least trusted across more than a few adjuncted fragments. So truth cannot achieve widespread adherence. That's absolutely not true. And uh, I mean, could it before. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure this guy knows a lot of things about uh, a lot of things. I mean, it's just clear anywhere where I look, there's something. I'm just like randomly looking at pages here in his book, The Constitution of Knowledge, you know, Jonathan yeah, Roch yeah. describes a historical breakthrough in which, I mean, he clearly knows I mean, a lot, but I mean, I'm just, it just feels like to me, he's not putting his knowledge to good use. Yeah. And the, you said like, nicely. what are some of, yeah, some of his evidence, like I'm going to fast forward towards the end. So he's one to last paragraph is prepared the next generation. The members of Gen Z, those born in and after 1997, bear none of the blame for the mess we are in but they are going to inherit it. This is a high class version of, uh, but what about the children? Yeah. <laughs> what about the children arguments that you know, has a very uh, old history. 100%. But, uh, but they are going to inherit it. And the pre preliminary signs are that older generation have prevented them from learning how to handle it. Childhood has become more tightly circumscribed in recent generations with less opportunity for free unstructured play less supervised time outside more time online this is by the way i remember when i was like six the same shit was being said no, no. that you know children don't go out anymore yeah. everybody just behind playstation so make your kid go out i don't know I mean... yeah but <laughs> yeah it's just and it's not even they're true. shitty parents they're shitty parents and they blame the society for it. I mean, if they are parents. Mm -hmm. Whatever else, the, the effects of these shifts, they have likely impeded the development of abilities needed for effective self-governance governance for many young adults. Unsupervised free play is nature's way of teaching young mammals the skills they'll need as an adult. Your I mean, favorite skill now just brought in, brought in <laughs> animal, animal kind into the... Extinct? The <laughs> no, it's like a mammal, not mammal. Just, just but... like the lion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, lions also kill each other's children. So, you know, it's just, let's I mean, not go to... I mean, I mean this I don't like, disagree, to... but this has nothing to do. I thought we were talking about um, something totally different. You know, that that's one of the main scapegoats of something when their arguments for social media don't work an adult level then they bring in the kids like those are two different set of no, stories but, you know but, like, but no no it's not it's not don't you remember he said that uh, as he quoted the twitter guy we are all four-year-olds oh, so true. he's talking about all of us we are yeah, all four -year but that's a big cop-out that really pisses me off when they run yeah, out of I arguments agree. for adults when they switch to kids which is a totally then, different story. And there you're talking about playing yeah. out and stuff. That has nothing to do with social media. I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, that I has agree. with other digital products and social media being one of them. But yeah, yeah, you're, you're right there. You're right. But, but then, I mean, in, this is not really evidence, but he does mention a surge in rates of anxiety, depression, and self harm among American teens began suddenly in early 2010s. Uh, I don't know what is his source, but it is sources. The same thing happened to can Canadian British teens. Again, I, I'm just sorry, but don't like, yeah, I don't know, maybe the whole, you know, there was the ongoing and never ending, although one of them did end wars, the, you know, uh, the economic collapse and yeah. end of and, American dream or whatever you want to call it. So maybe that's. And taking happened. what he just said 
exactly what he said. The example that he gave. Hey, yeah, I mean, the, these stats, you know, would have to look at them, you know, pre previously where they're calculating this, what even point of comparison they have. Because I've heard some people on the Joe Rogan show making similar ones, you know, about girls um, committing suicide and all this about, you know, how social media is not good. But once again, even if <clears throat> I would believe to an extent that, you know, like everything else, when there's something new, it will have some negative impact here and there, you know, which you should be aware of and hopefully try to address them. But A, this example, again, doesn't go with the overall thing, right? So this he example does. goes for a... Full disclosure, as we said many times, it's a very long article and yeah. it does provide other examples, but they're equally as stupid, I think. Yeah. I mean, again, this doesn't... this. Even if it is very real, you know, even if social media has increased anxiety among certain kids for certain situation, maybe there are new areas where they bullied and all this. Again, that's one, one area of it that should be addressed, but it, you know, doesn't support the headline of the article whatsoever that why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. I mean, he's clearly talking about that headline. The fragmentation. That means fragmentation of politics and all that. That's all that that kind but, of counts but let's see there is he does give us some interesting no i'm sure there, there, is, the, there are some stuff yeah. it's like 31 pages so i definitely don't No, no no I, i'm making fun of it <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the last uh, chapter hope after babel the story i have told is bleak yeah and also not true <laughs> it's also a lie bleak and lie uh, and there is little evidence to suggest that America will return to some semblance of normalcy and stability in the next five or 10 years. Which side is going to become conciliatory? What is the likelihood that Congress will enact major reforms that strengthen democratic institution or detoxify social media? Yet, when we look away from our dysfunctional federal government, discontent, disconnect from social media and talk with our neighbors directly, things seem more hopeful. Most Americans in the more uh, in the more in common report are members of the exhausted majority, which is tired of fighting and is willing to listen to the other side and compromise. Most Americans now see that social media is having a negative impact on the country and are becoming more aware of its damaging effects on children. Will we do anything about it? Then this part is just I want to like yeah, that. That's of the course. part that of yeah, course, yeah, makes to you bring Tocqueville. <laughs> Yeah, that's the part makes you really physically want to attack him. So when Tocqueville toured the United States in the 1830s, he was impressed by the American habit of forming, uh, forming voluntary associations to fix local problems rather than waiting for kings or nobles to act, as Europeans would do. That habit is still with us today. In recent years, Americans have started hundreds of groups and organizations dedicated to building trust and friendship across the political divide, including Bridge USA, Braver Angels, on whose board I serve. <laughs> oh, so this is all has been a product placement activity. And may, many other listed at bridgealliance.us. We cannot expect Congress and the tech companies to save us. We must change ourselves and our communities. What would it be like to live in Babel in the days after its destructions? <laughs> we know it is a time of confusion and loss, but it's also a time of reflect, listen, and build. I mean, Jesus Christ, by the way, can't you, like maybe the people who agree with their neighbors, agree with their neighbors because they all live in sort of a, like if you're poor, you live with poor people. If yeah. you're rich, you live with rich people. And yeah, you tend to agree with those people. And I don't get it. In one, in one place, they say that social media always on one hand, like social media 
you only see what you like because the content is curated towards you so you keep on seeing what you like but then reading his chap his paragraph he makes it seem like on social media you're constantly seeing like well the, stuff that you don't like and fighting as, which kind of contradicts the other way so i don't know which one it is no he's he, he doesn't go for the first one though he's pretty consistent on the thing that because you know you want to attract like followers and you know that people are became more and more extreme and more mm. and more outrageous leading to the election of trump yeah. <laughs> and then what and then trump didn't get elected the second time so i guess america got healed within those four years and we're all good now well and then now again it's getting sick again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah yeah I, i mean i don't know but it was a uh, yeah so please subscribe just because of this article yeah man, okay. the fact that i had to read so much stuff about somebody trying to show off that he knows some dead greek guys I yeah mean, no Jesus i mean Christ. he literally covered and, everyone there's john stewart mill in there there's talk yeah, in there and i'm just scrolling i mean it's what he did i was surprised yeah i was surprised marks didn't came yeah. <laughs> maybe he yeah. did he may have i may have missed it it was so long i may have forgot about it by the time <laughs> i finished it it's yeah But yeah, interesting take. I think America is destroyed not because of economic disparity or anything like that. It's because of you know Twitter. So know your enemy. All right, Sam. Let's wrap up with a a few little shorter stories, perhaps. Although we didn't have too many extremely long stories today. But yeah, Sam, this Brianna interview. I mean, you know, wasn't my favorite or the funnest one. But perhaps you have some things you want to talk about. So the headline was. Brianna interviewed politicians, the case for electoralism with Reverend Wendy Hamilton and Ali Dalzimer. So I believe are they're running for Congress or Senate, the two of them, um, getting Congress. ready for Congress, getting ready for I midterm think. election. I mean, I guess the headline of the video, I mean, the main thing was it like, you know, does electoral politics work or should we move away from that? That was one of it. Then the other one was kind of like them justifying why they wouldn't turn out like the squad and become like you know aoc so that was like yeah. well that was, anything feel, particular caught your attention that, no it was just really funny though because she kept saying that you know so people are saying the squad failed and all that they didn't keep their promises what, what how should they like why should they trust you guys or that sort of thing and i don't know by the way i feel bad for them as well because What could else they say? They kept saying, well, we are different. And I mean, at some point, the reverend lady was saying that, yeah, I, I, selling out is not an option for yeah. me because I answer, I answer to a higher power. And that moment, great I must answer, say, great answer. <laughs> uh, it was great. I mean, I don't know, though. I was like, immediately, I was like, put off. No, Anybody of course. Who, yeah, I'm joking. Ans- oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, answer to higher power. Who's that? Is he, is he talking to you in nights or te- telling you? St- or know. even if I wasn't, I wasn't put off, even that, it's just, it's like, you know, the, it's like saying, but trust me, I'm different. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Again, by the way, I don't know what else could they say. Yeah. Though. I mean, like, in my head, I was like some practical stuff, maybe like you could say, you'd be like, you know, I'll make sure that AOC doesn't. Bully me and, over uh, this or that. I don't know. I mean, not that there are any right answers exactly, but 
Yeah, and the funny part was, was like, yeah, she said, yeah, if when I get to the Congress, I'll go to Joe Manchin's room and I'll have a meeting with Joe Manchin. And I'll, I don't know what they think going to happen in that meeting. They're going to be like, <laughs> Joe, this is wrong. And Joe Manchin is going to be like, okay, I don't care. Now like, that yeah. you said it, now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, now, yeah, I'm going to go against my family family's interest in the coal yeah. industry. I mean, hey, listen, I mean, you know, let's say if we have with good faith we can say you know they have people's best intention in mind i'm talking about the the two ladies and stuff but yeah in terms of informative or entertainment this interview i don't know uh yeah i don't know it was a bit funny but (laughs) yeah and one thing like one part of every comedy she was kind of making the argument that the squad and stuff have made things a little bit better over time which, you know, again, there's not much support. And then she also gave the example of, like, Bernie Sanders and stuff, which is true. I mean, she said, like, look, before you can talk about socialism, now you can. Before Medicare was an issue, now it is. Although I think it's, again, not an issue. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Poor Medicare just <laughs> poor Medicare just gets, like, toyed Since around. early 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yes. True. Medicare is kind of, like, you know, Some in succession. In succession, yeah. how the dad treats his kids whenever he's used to, like, come here yeah i'm gonna make you next ceo yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. medicare is the same thing you get so excited like oh finally it's my time and then boom the politicians just turned their back hey yeah, you promised true. me <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah i, I mean I, I won't be surprised next election is all going to be about medicare i mean medicare and healthcare nowadays does a good job at being at the forefront of the conversation but have, yeah to an extent COVID- but with COVID especially, I am surprised how it's not even getting more. Yeah, I like, got killed and Bernie Sanders didn't. Like when the COVID hit, I mean, you know, if it, I feel like when COVID least, hit, that was a moment to be opportunistic. I mean, easier said than done once again. But. Yeah, 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 I agree. But he, he literally dropped out, I think, two weeks after COVID hit yeah. the US or something. Yeah. Whereas he could have like, you know, yeah, exactly. It was the time could to have go- said. I mean, he could have said, yeah, situation as he could have like, he, no, by then he already had lost the thing, like Super Tuesday. He could have contested it in the convention, but probably wouldn't have worked. So, yeah, I think. Um, But okay, let's move on. on going? Yeah. Uh, This other, yeah. So maybe you want to combine these next two stories together a bit. So one of them is the fall of the working class, uh, sorry, the fall of the working families party with Ross Barkin. This was on Jacobin's channel, I believe. And then on the rising Black Lives Matter lobbied big tech to censor stories about groups shady finances report. But yeah, the second story is quite obvious. It's again about Black Lives Matter, not the movement, but like some of the key people who were initially involved and kind of have the rights to the name and different things. They've in been one up- of the, in one of the inter- in the one of the like, national organizations. Yeah. Yeah. They've been involved, uh, of course, with just like, you know, shady <laughs> finances, as they're saying. And yeah, what's the Working Families Party in the UK? They also, uh, sorry, in the no, US. Not sorry, US. They, they, I mean, I knew them from New York because I remember a couple of years ago when Andrew Cuomo was running for governor and Cynthia Nixon, who was one of the actresses from Sex and the City, she was running a left campaign against them. And then working, I, I mean, I, and I've had heard of them before, but they are a sort of left-wing party in New York where you can stand 
as a candidate for two parties. Yeah, so, that's interesting. For example, or multiple even, I think. You yeah, said, yeah. Or as many as you want or something. Yeah, but then increasingly, they've been basically uh, become establishment. And, you know, Ross Barkin uh, has written an article. They discussed that in Jacobin. And he's uh, like says that they have increasingly endorsed centrist, um, you know, candidates. And basically, they're, they have very much moved away from their sort of leftist sort of origin. They've become sort of PMC. Black Lives Matter organization, same, like within a year or so, they basically shifted from activist into this. They bought a house, I don't know, or something, and, uh, you know, funneling money to different things. So I just because I'm a, just such a bundle of joy, I just <laughs> thought I spread my, I spread some negative news <laughs> all around that. It's, it's pathetic, man. You know, like we have, we talked about the People's Party, you know, all these sort of left-wing movements within, like as soon as they form an organization within a year or two, they almost, a squad, the squad is like not the organization, but a bunch of people. Like the absorption with, to the <laughs> center is so fast. It's almost unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Black Lives Matter weren't absorbed into the center. They were just absorbed into... Well, uh, money. No, they, well, yeah, money <laughs> yeah. is the center, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, the center has that going for itself. It's just like it's gravity is money. It's just like, come here. All the cash is here. <laughs> it's definitely on, not on, on the left. Maybe a little bit on the right. But... <laughs> right. The right has some money, yes. Yeah. But but the real money. Yeah. So right uh, yeah. it is. Yeah, just I wanted to share my disappointment <laughs> with life in general and That's, as usual in the uk by the way same stuff is happening with you know Keir Starmer just being shit yeah i mean again but i mean you know it's expected yes, but yes. and i don't know this uh, working families party and again the black lives matter thing you know i think brie specified it specifically in the video we're not they're not talking about the movement so you know everybody who went out and protested they didn't go and buy homes and stuff they're talking about <coughs> the specific main like central yeah, chapter the, of it yeah the bureaucrats it's kind of like yeah. union leaders and by the way he talks yeah. about unions that support republicans all across like america mm-hmm. like the nursing union he mentions one interesting. of the interesting but okay sam so in order to finish on a good note should we just talk a little bit about jenk <laughs> yeah yeah yuger and then also bill and meyer joe. was a was a joe so yeah jenk went on this show he got pretty <laughs> pissed off and stuff i don't know joe rogan it was like a talk show host it's, uh sorry it's a radio kind of style show yeah i think it's a right-wing sort of show i don't know what show is it but i watched i'll put uh, more the video i'll put a video so people can see i watch like a lot of the interview and he's he's like they ask him about the thing that he said that he's willing to fight yeah joe rogan, joe rogan. And then he goes on this long answer that you know if if I train then if I spend <laughs> if I have a if I have a gun and if Joe's naked there is a banana skin on the ground Joe slipped uh, no but he's like I'm a brawler and he keeps talking about he's I don't understand what he says yeah when I was a kid my dad told me if no never punch anyone but if somebody punches you punch back so they don't punch you back or something. <laughs> And I, yeah he's he's very red and he's very angry yeah. and upset he's very uh, he mentions jimmy door a couple of times oh yeah quite I, intense. I was more on the joe rogan part and he goes like he's like joe lo- 
Joe Rogan used to be an independent. Oh thinker. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's no longer independent thinker. Why? I mean, to me, it still seems like an independent thinker who's. And then he's like, you know, some people care about their audience, and that's called audience capture. Audience capture. But I think Joe Rogan has guest capture going on. <laughs> Wait, there he might be onto a little bit something. I don't know. His guest can be a bit weird since he <laughs> he moved to Texas. But I think he's the one inviting them and then he goes but yeah you know joe rogan might have some leftist views but the ones that he really gets passionate about and talks about are the right wing ones and i feel like because those right wing ones are a bit more fun <laughs> he's just having <laughs> fun yeah, yeah, that's true show. Uh, i just talking uh, about this and then for bill meyer too then he goes he says bill meyer has become like the biggest right winger something is like a right winger now if i'm not mistaken and then the same sentence he says but he loves the democrats which is true. I mean, Bill Maher Corporate was saying though. that he, he kind of likes the Democrats on the Joe Rogan show. So I yeah. don't even know. No, no. He's, well, his, po- his point is that Democratic Jeng, for Jeng, Democratic Party is right wing. But for Bill Maher, isn't. So Jenk was encouraging. I mean, I guess this won't be anything new if I say this to him and be like, ah, it's not the first time. So then Jenk was encouraging people to vote for a right wing party during the 2022 election, 2020 election. No, but for, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, you're right. right. (laughs) No, to be fair to him, he does, like, it is a bit confusing. On Twitter, he keeps on going, like, I can't believe those of you who believe these, like, um, you know, the Democrats still and all this. I'm like, weren't you the one saying to, you know, yeah, exactly. for Joe and we'll take Joe, we'll take Joe left. I mean, poor Joe Biden, if you pull him left, he'll die. So I guess (laughs) I'm glad that no one's pulling him in any direction. His hands hand will just come off. <laughs> see, Jack thinks that he's pulling him, but he just, he just has an arm in his Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, where's the rest of Biden? <laughs> so don't pull or push Biden in any direction <laughs> unless you want to be charged with like man. homicide or something. Yeah, let the poor man sit in his home. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, so I don't even I mean, know what I don't weird. even know what Jenk would say now. Like, what would he say? Like, people should and do he, politically in in the next election. Support TYT by <laughs> becoming paid members. But yeah, uh, he uh, he even said uh, Joe Rogan said he supported Trump, which I don't think that was accurate. From what I know, that's definitely not accurate. Or voted for Trump, sorry. But yeah, the guy is, I don't know why he went on the show. Did he say, did he have a book or something to sell? Well, apparently his book got delayed. All I know that from the Vanguard boys, he was oh, supposed yeah, to yeah, have a right. book, but it got delayed. But Like three years. Yeah, <laughs> but people will see what, um, who's in this, who in this, what this video is, who this video is with. Uh, anyway, here, it's on value. Yeah, it's on valuetainment. Big channel, got like, yeah, they're big, right? I think I've saw them before. Yeah. But man, the guy, the, the host guy is so funny. There's one bit where they get to Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, Bernie Sanders, that's a real guy. You know, I, you know, even though he's a lefty, super lefty communist. I mean, this is a guy who had his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. He had his hun- so, you know, he's, he puts his money where his mouth is. And <laughs> You're like, oh my God, how is their, their brain works? It's just, he had his honeymoon in Soviet Union. He must be a communist. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know what you would do with these people. 
And yeah, let's move on to Bill Meyer and Joe Rogan to wrap it up. I mean, like I said earlier on, I was never into Bill Meyer. No, I just didn't watch his stuff. This was interesting and fun. Not too many things um, triggered me. A, a few, a few funny things. He said one interesting thing, Bill Meyer. He was like, back in the day, uh, host like he gave the Jay Leno example. Although Jay Leno was like a very kind of apolitical guy, I feel. So maybe that wasn't the fairest example, but sure. He mentioned him. He was like, you would never know where they lean politically, but now like they just make it so obvious you know thinking of Colbert or even more so the South African guy I mean you know he I mean not that he's American not that he's American or he could vote but I mean if he could and all that I think you would know exactly which side so yeah what did you make of what did you make of that you know these shows and stuff much better than I do no I completely like that was the yeah you used to be a state now it's it's kind of I mean, it is true again, but I think it's kind of like the article we read. We, the world did become more fractured. I mean, forget about late shows, like now news, like Rachel Maddow, Tucker Carlson, all these people, like they serve at least these news people used to pretend to have a unbiased and stuff. Now the pretense is even gone. Yeah, so that is true. I think that's definitely true. But yeah, even I, mean, I would say still Jimmy Fallon is still keeping up the leno tradition of mm. doing uh not funny comedy but uh you know it's uh but yeah. but yeah i would agree that colbert compared to letterman or uh seth uh what's his name seth ah. what is seth green no not green seth mayor seth mayor oh, okay yeah yeah, I know and, yeah all that so that was an interesting point. Again, I only saw half of it. He made one hilarious joke about private jets. He said, like, anybody who could afford a private jet would take one. And I was like, yeah, I think he has a but point. He, he said anybody who could afford a, ta- a private, private jet, jet would take one. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, fair enough there. Fair enough yeah, there, fair Bill. Enough. But um, let me talk about he, a few things. That, sorry, go ahead. No, he just he also talked a little bit about the COVID spending and all that, which yeah, some people. Yeah, so that kind like. of pissed me off a little bit. I have a few. Mm. A this concern for money that you know they always have, like you know the U.S. is not gonna run out of. If it runs out of money, it's not because it spent it on something because it was just spending on so many different things and like misspending it or something. There is more than enough money for good things that I read it like this concern that some no. really rich people have for the amount of money that the country has no, when but- they don't know anything about it they're not like like econ majors in some way who can give you a good argument like I know that they don't they just say like one trillion one billion like these is nothing I know one trillion sounds a lot or two billion sounds a lot but we're talking about states here we're talking about the United States of America so i mean that really pisses me off and then we can talk about COVID too quickly sure i agree with you but that doesn't justify i agree with you that by the way yeah one trillion dollar is nothing in an economy that size or and country that has not invested in its infrastructure blah 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 but doesn't justify the fraud and uh, stealing that has been going on at the highest levels of all governments. So I think he does specify when he, like he talks about how rich people like Tom Brady or JK Rowling 
got money or how uh, so many of the things were stolen. So he does talk about those stuff. I don't think he's talking about. I know. Just, to me, you know, it sounded like he was talking a lot about you know. Yeah, I think because he focuses on the money. number. He focuses on that number thing. He says, "What number would I not be uncomfortable yeah. with?" Which I think the number doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the ma- what matters is exactly how it's spent or how it's divided or how. And then, yeah, that's one thing. Then another thing, I guess, that he did, they kind of play with the labels of Democrat and leftist and right wing and Republican a bit too loosely and unnecessarily. I hate with the leftist one. I hate when they refer to Democrats as leftist. I mean, come on. It's clear that they're not. And it's confusing. I think for a, for an audience, I think I do it it, it's confusing. Too. Yeah, and, but it happens. Like, you know, sometimes you're talking about them in relation to republicans you know so i understand what you're saying it's yeah. if you're going to write a paper you have to be very clear, clear even when you're it. speaking you know i mean Glenn yeah, greenwald always talks about how you know left and right labels are not like you know they're not enough and they're like confusing and misleading that's fine but also like on top of that kind of on purpose using them a bit too loosely if you ask me and then finally yeah, the like, last point i have is I feel with this all the time when I he, hear a lot of criticism of like COVID and the government's handling of it and stuff, I always feel like the conversation is outdated. So I always feel like they're talking about like three to four months ago or six months ago. And COVID only lasted for like two and a half years, two years so far. So I find that way of talking about COVID is always unfair. And you should really talk about the current 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 situation because it's it's changes so quickly and it's such a short time frame right i mean it's not like the cold war that's been going on for, for a long time or something so i often find a lot of these conversations about covid to just be outdated a, a bit like you know i was like i would agree with you if you said this six months ago but now you know things have kind of changed so i'm just got a little bit uh, of that but i'm not being too specific i know yeah i mean look i yeah, I don't know. That that very much depends on what states, which country yeah. you live in and all that. Exactly, so, exactly. So I feel like COVID is actually one of those things when you so crazy. Yeah, you it's good to, really to get a specific. bit specific, you know, because you, you say like Western countries were all oh, this and that. Yeah, Australia was this and that. But Switzerland wasn't to that extent, this or that. You know, I know there are different ex- examples or, yeah, of US, f- different parts. Florida was different from yeah. Yeah, California very much. And during different periods as well yeah yeah but yeah um, I, I i i agree with you it would have been better yeah if he specified it yeah i mean just time. generally this happens but okay sam anything else do you want to mention about bill meyer or no 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 it was uh, yeah no that's it i think okay all right this was a really fun one so folks as always please leave your comments question criticisms and everything else down below we'll make sure to get to them if not please like and subscribe and we'll see you in our next video thank you